Hello, I'm Christina Young. I'm the host of Gloucester Book Club and tonight I'm back and we're going to be discussing Clara and the Sun, which is a book by Kazuo Ishiguro. I'll be joined by some of my book club friends. We hope you enjoy. So, uh, Clara is an artificial friend. She's a robot designed to be a playmate to human children. And she lives in a store where she watches customers come and go in every day and she observes every detail about them. She's hopeful that one day someone will choose her and she'll get to find a real home and friends and someone to love. But will it ever happen? So before diving in on this one, it might be helpful to know that this is a science fiction book, but its focus is narrowed down on the experiences of a single robot, Clara, and how AI and humanity work together, or sometimes don't. So um, you might remember Kazuo Shiguri's previous novel, Never Let Me Go, um, which also explored similar themes of what it means to be human. Um, how servitude and technology can be a slippery slope. So if you're not a regular science fiction reader, don't worry. This is a speculative book, but with the feel of a literary novel. So let's just dive in and see what my friends from book club think about this. Welcome to my book club members here tonight. I've got Zoe with me and I've got Joe with me, both long-standing members of our book club, and they've both read this book just start off Zoe Mm -hmm. by asking you what you thought because the setting of this book is sort of um near future isn't it I think in quite a lot of ways it feels kind of you know sort of familiar to us to our sort of current lived experience did did that setting feel realistic to you and you know what details of it sort of stuck out yes I think a lot of really um I'm not sure if this book was written before after or during the pandemic I know it's been published sometime within the last year um but what really struck me about the novel is how AF's artificial friends are really created to befriend people because we're spending more and more time increasingly indoors in isolation and especially the way that education is mentioned in the book um Josie and other children who are learning have online tutors and really their whole life is spent in front of a screen but unlike us and the way we're socializing at the moment doing this podcast and using social media it's mm. become more and more alienating to the point where people actually need to buy their own friends in for their children they need to buy them as products and I can see that happening you know I really don't think that's too far off at all I can see it happening too I mean, it's interesting that you bring up the subject of loneliness as well Zoe because that was quite a, a main theme in this book wasn't it what about you Joe? what did you think about that did it did it surprise you to see that the AFs could actually feel lonely as well well kind of in a way I suppose you don't really think about it in the case of robots do you except that Clara is a very unusual robot who's got incredible powers of observation mm. and ability to learn from her observation. Um, for example, she observes how humans love. And during the course of the novel, we discover that she's, she herself has learned how to love and to make the sacrifices that love often involves. So she was a very special um, artificial friend. Um, learning how to be a human is to learn how to be lonely. So yes, I agree that that was mm-hmm. possible. Her loneliness is suckered by being chosen by Josie and her mum 
and rather than being left in the store for longer, her problem solved by Josie picking her, as well as her solving Josie's problem. Mm, okay. Uh, do you guys think that she'd been programmed to be like that? Or was it something that developed because of her programming? I'd be interested to see what you think on this, Joe, because for me, as you were talking there and thinking about loneliness, but saying how Clara is such a special robot because she's learned all these emotions that we consider to be really human and make human life worthwhile. That is friendship, that is love, sacrifice, caring for one another. Part of me wonders whether these artificial friends, in order to become so successful in the first place, surely must have been programmed mm. to have these features that we desire so much in human beings. So at what point do we draw the line? Because I think there's no way that an artificial friend could be successful, particularly for children, because we know that children and young adults are so good at sensing any falsehoods. You know, they, they tell it how it is a lot of the time. So I think these artificial friends really actually would have been programmed and maybe just the other AFs in the store that Clara were in were actually just really naive and they were just mm. a bunch of robots who isn't to say that the other artificial friends are just as intelligent as Clara but we don't see many other friends in the novel. And I guess like we are humans are you know there are people that have certain skills that are more refined than other people and so it, that was almost like reflected in these AIs wasn't it that's that some seemed more intelligent less intelligent had more abilities in one area and lesser in another it, it that was quite interesting I thought going back to Josie and her family what were your impressions of the family that that takes Clara home well not a very nice family I think they're, they're fractured by the death of the uh, older sister and by the parental fallout, because it's quite obvious that the husband is against the idea of lifting the children. Chrissy, the mum, is in favour of it. Chrissy's a woman who's prepared to do whatever it takes to give her children advantage to compete mm. in this awful world that we're, we're introduced to, the way the world's become so competitive and nasty. The fact that it's not far in the future, that it's almost contemporary in its way it's displayed, is quite worrying, really. Zoe, do you want to sort of explain what that is so the listeners will know? Yeah, sure. So um, it kind of touches on some of the author's themes that he's used before in novels like Never Let Me Go. Um, mm. It's kind of a genetic modification. Um, so in this world, um, children really need to have a higher intelligence in order to get the best opportunities, the best universities, the best chance in life which sounds quite normal, uh, you know, it doesn't sound too different from this world. Um, but really, this novel takes it a, a step further, makes it a bit more dystopian. Um, they go through a process which is called lifting and is incredibly dangerous. Yet, Josie's family is still, or at least her mum is, still in favour of it and willing to put her children through this procedure, which ultimately could even be fatal, mm. as we see in the case of her sister. That was really worrying, wasn't it, um, that bit? And, and actually, in this novel, Josie becomes ill as well, doesn't she? And we don't know when you're reading it whether or not what's going to happen with Josie. So we're not going to tell you listeners out there what does happen to Josie, but she is very poorly um, through the large part of this novel. There are some measurements of success that the adults in the story use, don't they, to evaluate their children mm -hmm. and their own parenting skills. What did you think about those, Joe? Because, I mean... I'm a parent, you're a parent, Zoe's not yet a parent, but even if you aren't a parent, 
did you agree with the way that they kind of evaluated their children and what uh, they expected of them? I don't think as a parent you could possibly put your children or child through the treatment and with its risks just purely to advance themselves. Mm. It's, it's one thing to encourage them at school or to even go to the extent of tutoring them for things like the 11 plus or what have you. But in the case of the lifting, we're, we're talking about genetic modification of the children at some point in their lives. And we're not really clear on at what point, um, which carries the risk of um, serious illness or death. Mm. So who would who would take that chance for their child? Isn't it better to have a happy child, socially um, effective and having a child with emotional intelligence, which none of the lifted children appear to have? It's yeah. better to have that sort of happy child and let them go on through life and achieve what they can themselves without additional supplement. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. Zoe, what did you think about these ethical dilemmas about, you know, artificial intelligence, really? And and did this book raise any questions for you about that? Did the humans act in an ethical or moral way regarding the uh, AIs that they created? Yeah, it, it does make you think. I think that by introducing these AIs, but not giving them the kind of names that we've been using throughout this discussion and the way people would traditionally talk about artificial intelligence, by calling it an artificial friend, and naming Clara and the rest of the artificial friends that she comes across really gives them a human quality. And like you say, ironically, Clara has a high level of emotional intelligence, mm. whether she's built in and programmed that way or whether she's learned it just through her observations in the shop window before she's eventually purchased and the things that she learns when she moves in with her family. Does it matter whether it's a learnt behaviour or whether it's an innate behaviour? We could argue mm. the same about human beings. I think this novel really blurs the line and for me also raises quite some worrying questions about how we consider illness and death and perfection in, in human beings, you know, um, without trying to give too many spoilers away. As you say, Christina, we know that Josie becomes ill yes. and we know that Clara is there initially to provide us some support through her illness and and to help care for her you know at what point does the artificial friend supersede the human life when yes. the human life is ill that's quite yeah. a worrying question as well isn't it it definitely is one of the things that struck me about it was that when these artificial friends are no longer needed by the children the children outgrow them don't they you know mm, they, they it's, it's right it's like your favorite toy you tend to outgrow it over time and, you know, once Josie had become a teenager, she was no longer really interested in Clara anymore. And it was the way they just kind of like parked Clara on the upper floor, put her in a sort of utility cupboard, you know, mm -hmm. and she was just there watching, but nobody ever interacted with her. I felt really sad about her. But yeah. that, and that's me um, transferring my human kind of mm -hmm. emotions onto this robot. What did you think of all that, Joe? It seems to me that the the lifting process removes from these children consciences mm. so when they've used up their artificial friend and it served its purpose they can just be dumped in a cupboard with the vacuum cleaner or whatever abandoned whilst they go on to their promised land of good employment and high salaries what really struck me and i hope this isn't a crass comparison is is this not the way that we treat our elderly loved ones some of our family as, as well when they stop becoming 
as yeah. as usable in a in a social sense and in a familial sense is this not how we park a, a lot of our loved ones eventually as they age that I don't know did, did anybody else draw that comparison I mean for me I thought that wow actually you wouldn't do this to a robot so why would you do it to a, a human or a family member as well yeah I absolutely agree with you with that um Zoe it does feel like that doesn't it and I think as mm. people get older um you start to feel it more and you get into your 60s and 70s I think yeah you do sort of feel like you're no longer really massively part of society it's kind of going on around you unfortunately I think that that's absolutely true and I do think that whether you're a lifted child or a not lifted child you you outgrow your toys mm-hmm. you know and they get dumped don't they they tend to you know get dumped in a corner um and this is kind of what happened this is definitely what happened with poor old clara based on clara's observations what what did you think of the way that people actually socialized in this book think about the adults and the children in this actually was it healthy what they were doing i thought it was really awkward from the offset it's very hard to judge and understand human emotions through Clara's perception of them. And I found it really interesting. Hard to read at first, certainly. And that's why I'm glad we had this book to read at book club and I stuck with it because initially the way human interactions or any interactions with the book and the novel are described by Clara is through this robot perception, you know? Mm. She doesn't necessarily have the vocabulary we would use to discuss human interactions. But yet, by the time it gets to her actually being adopted by family and seeing some real life human interactions, they're just as stilted and just as vague. So maybe this is the language of the future. Maybe this is how all people interact in the future. But as a reader, it takes a little while to get into that universe and to get into that weirdly kind of detached world, I Mm. thought. I feel so too. Joe, did it scare you a bit, this book? Because it certainly scared me when I was thinking I could actually foresee a situation when we're so sort of more removed from each other. You know, I mean, it's happening now, isn't it, in the pandemic? You know, everything's happening online. We're not socialising as much. I could actually just, it scares me a little bit. But, you know, that is something that I could foresee. Yeah, and I, I agree. I think that's probably part of what um, Ishiguro is trying to warn us about. He, he did did say in his Nobel laureate lecture, mm. which he gave around about the time he was thinking up Clara and the Sun, he, he says in the lecture that he, the things he's most worried about for humanity are artificial intelligence, genetic edi- editing, and mm-hmm. pollution. Pollution comes into the book as well. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's trying to warn us uh, of, of the path we're going down is a dangerous one and a slippery slope. And... As, as Zoe says, we have slipped into that pattern of socialising online and, and through social media rather than face-to-face and in a more human, with inverted commas, way. Yeah. Become a bit more robotic in our social mm. vision. Um, so it does, does feel sort of like Ishiguro's vision of the future feels plausible from what we're saying here. Yeah, I think so. I mean, maybe not to the extremes that there seems to be a great level of isolation. I don't know whether it's because Josie's family live in a prairie kind of style landscape where it seems very, very sparse, very rural and there are people Mm. very few and far between. But even so, you can make the comparisons to AI that's been developed even now, I would say. One of the things I can't not ask you about tonight is what was your reaction 
when you read that the plan that Cara was to be Clara was to be turned into an avatar of Josie. <laughs> I mean, that just blew my mind, really. Would you ever consider doing the same for one of your loved ones? No, absolutely not. It drew so many questions for me. Um, it got my brain going, certainly, because it makes you think about who exactly the self is. What makes you human? What makes you Christina? What makes you mm. Joe? If we could take all these recordings one day, Christina, <laughs> and we could somehow stick them all together and make you you, it still wouldn't be you. But yeah, it's so hard to put your finger on exactly why that's unethical and why it feels wrong. It just does. Well, of course, as we learn in the book, that what uh, makes us individual is our hearts. Mm. Our human heart is the repository of our individuality and our, our feelings and our emotions and all, all the rest of it. Our conscience, if you like, is in our heart. That's, that's the point that she is trying to make is be very careful with tinkering with your makeup, what makes you a human, what makes your heart. It's too dangerous to fiddle with it. So again, another warning. He did. He has said that he's written the same novel over and over again throughout his career to tell us what it means to be human. Mm. But in fact, I think this novel, rather than telling us what it means to be human, is actually telling us what it means to love. That's what Clara learns to do. Yes. And, and she puts it into effect in her attempts to save Josie. So he's getting much closer to the important side of what it is to be human. And she learned to emulate Josie, didn't she, Clara did? And that was through her close observation of, of uh, Josie. Kind of shaped her understanding of what it was to be alive and human as well, I think, didn't it, Joe? It, that's, mm. That seemed to be what was going on. So she was kind of putting all those bits together and learning them, um, which was very clever of her. Let's talk a little bit about what Clara's relationship to the sun was all about and to nature, because... You know, Clara is um, sort of battery driven or she's solar powered, basically. Um, you know, she gets her energy from the sun. Um, and so if there's no sunlight, her battery runs down. So um, she sort of reveres the sun, doesn't she, as a god. What did you think about that, all that part of the book? Was that just quite sweet and charming or? I don't know. I think it, it struck me as very much more than just I'm a robot. I need to charge myself on the sun. It, from day one, she describes the sun's light as nourishment and yeah. really something that's good for her soul as well. Even though she doesn't have the terms to even think about whether or not she has a soul or describe it. You get the sense that not only is she seeking the warmth and the light to, to power her own battery, that there's something much deeper about the sun and also it's what humans have done for years. The very start of civilization must have developed itself around the warmth of the sun and everything depends on whether or not you can get that light and that nourishment. So I think it really added a, a spiritual element as well. Mm. Mm. Can AIs have souls? Do they have religion? Because I think Clara's religion is the sun. Mm. Yes, yeah, I would agree with you. Um, and Joe, I think, you know, because... She was desperately trying to save Josie from this unknown illness, which we never really clear what's going on in the book, but we know that Josie's very ill. And she decides that the sun is, is the thing to do that. Well, I, I agree with Zoe. I think, the, the uh, as with primitive man, the worshipping of the sun as the 
origin of everything and all this business with a, a lining up there, Stonehenge type um, stones and, and Machu Picchu, all these places where there's evidence that primitive man basically worshipped the sun and thought everything derived from the energy of the sun. Um, it's like kind of like Clara is at the same stage of evolution as primitive man. She, she's learned enough about human behaviour from her observations that she's now sort of um, developing in the way that mankind did. I thought that, you know, that's all very interesting stuff, isn't it? And, um, you know, it, it, it does stretch your imagination when you're reading the book about that bit about the sun um, mm -hmm. and her <laughs> trying to communicate with the sun uh, in order to save Josie. Um, and, it, and it just showed you her naivety as well, because yeah. although she's this really sophisticated robot, she is still very naive and childlike, isn't she, in her, uh, you know, in her reasoning about some things. So I thought that was quite well portrayed, really, in the book. Do you remember she's mother in the book, or I think who's called Chrissy, um, Josie's mother, has got this plan, hasn't she? If anything happens to Josie, if Josie does die, that she's going to replace Josie with Clara. Mm -hmm. um, we don't find out about that right at the beginning of the book, do we? It's sort of a bit of a way in. When mm -hmm. Clara goes off with Mother on this excursion, how did you feel about all of that at the time? Um, Zoe, did it make you think about Mother in a different way after that? I'm Yeah, take a deep breath, inhale. I still have so many questions about that now. I mean, although I'm not a parent myself, I... I'm kind of echoing some of the uh, earlier sentiments that you and Joe had, which is how can one child be so easily replaceable with another, even mm. if they have the perfect mannerisms and, and learnt behaviours of a child, they're still not the organic thing, they're still not the original child. But I guess grief and the possibility of, of losing someone can maybe distort your mind and I'm trying to be devil's advocate for Mother. She's not my favourite character, but thinking yeah. about it and guessing whether she had, you know, if I had to be a devil's advocate for her, could we say that, you know, the loss of one child has just made her really pragmatic about death and she's just possibly preparing for another? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Not what I agree with anyway. No, it all seemed very weird, didn't it, mm. that bit? What, what did you think, Joe? What are your thoughts about it? Well, I, again, I don't didn't like uh, Chrissy. I didn't didn't agree with anything she was doing. Yeah, that, those that sort of set of scenes where um, you know Josie was taken along to the guy who was mm. um, going to model her, um, make an avatar of her, um, and actually make her Clara. It was it was all very that made me feel very uncomfortable in the book. I didn't like that bit really at all. It was very weird. So. What would you say to anybody who's out there listening, who's in a book club and who's thinking of reading this, or maybe not in a book club, maybe just thought, has been thinking about Shall I, Shan't I? Zoe, would you recommend it? To, to read? Uh, yes, I would, but I would say stick with it. Um, like I said, initially, um, there's some great topics and some great discussion. You can see much how much already the three of us have, have gathered from it, um, but that doesn't mean it comes in a nice little easy available package you know you really have to stick with it for a while in uh, Clara's world and the information is not presented to you very quickly and very easily um, so I would recommend it um, for anybody or book clubs who are interested um, but also stick with it you know be prepared to perhaps stretch and challenge yourself because I 
nearly gave up with it at one point. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't though. It's got a lot, yeah. to, a lot to say. I will say it's probably not my favourite book of um, Casio Ishiguro's novels. Um, I absolutely loved Never Let Me Go. And I was spending a lot of my time reading it, comparing it with Never Let Me Go um, and finding it a bit wanting, unfortunately. Um, what about you, Joe? What's your thoughts about it being reading, you know, reading it as a book club read? Well, yes, I'm sure it is a good read in a book club as we did. Um, mm -hmm. But I agree with you that compared with Never Let Me Go, it's disappointing. Yes. It, in my opinion, it's not as good. It doesn't have the same kick in the guts that Never Let Me Go has. But if, if you want to develop the themes in Never Let Me Go, then it's a great book for thinking further about it. Yeah, I think so too. So finally, to kind of finish off, I'm going to ask you both the same question. In the end, who seemed more human to you? Was it the humans or the artificial friends? Well, compared, if you take a lifted person and Clara, I would say definitely Clara. And she, she did learn how to be human. But out of everybody in the book, the hero for me was Rick, the unlifted normal boy. Yeah, he was great, wasn't he? I liked Rick. He, he, he obviously loved Josie and wanted to help Clara to save her, even yeah. though he didn't understand what on earth was going on. And he had put a lot of faith in Clara's intelligence, if you like. Depends what you mean by human. But don't worry, I'm not going to prattle on for a long time. But... Um... It actually made me think not only about some of the more beautiful sides of humanity that we've been talking about, love and religion and worship, but also humans can be horrible, horrible people sometimes. And it sadly didn't surprise me that even after everything she did for the family that Clara has left on the scrap heap. Yeah. It depends if we're talking about who's more human in the sense of who's more compassionate than definitely Clara. Mm. Um, but human nature can be very evil too. And um, I think unfortunately, the humans in the world and the family that eventually left her aren't too dissimilar from a lot of humans today. Absolutely. And that's very wise words there from Zoe there at the end. Um, we hope you've enjoyed listening to this and we'll be back again soon. Thank you so much for listening to us again. Next month, we'll be back to talk about The Paper Palace by Miranda Cowley-Heller. And we're really looking forward to talking about that one. In the meantime, have a very happy new year and keep reading. <laughs>